Broken Pieces Network, and I am your host, Ramada Moore Brown. We are here tonight with two amazing women of God, and I do not find it a coincidence that they are both evangelists, spreading the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and more importantly, sharing what God has delivered them, healed them, and set them free from. Tonight, uh, I advise you, if there's anyone that you know that could be helped, blessed by this podcast tonight, call them up, text them, send them a message with the number so they can get in on what's going to happen on tonight. We thank God for them. I will make a few announcements before I uh, tell you a little bit more about the women of the hour. First of all, I'm so grateful to be back on the line again tonight, still recovering and um, working my way back to a full schedule with No More Broken Pieces and all that I do. Uh, We do come here on Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Central, ready to bring hope, help, and healing to women around the globe. And Mondays can be a very hectic day. We have prayer at 5 a.m., another prayer for our local elementary school here at 7 a.m. on Facebook, live audio. Then we have um, normally at um, 7 a.m. P.M. Central, the Motivation Monday on Facebook Live, and although we are going into our winter break, we have been on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central and 9 p.m. Eastern with our Wow Women of Wisdom, uh, an amazing Bible study with actually one of our um, guests on tonight, Evangelist Dara Russell, an amazing woman and teacher of God, whom I am going to just call out right now, who is not, she's she's, um, pulling, it's like pulling teeth to get her to go on video. But how many know when you have a gift as special as hers, it is, Ultimate, ultimately, you will. She will be on television and on video because her an amazing. The gift that she has is absolutely amazing. That will just draw you into the word and make the word not intimidating as it can be. Make it fun. She actually makes the word come alive, and this indeed needs to be captured on video. So I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to keep aggravating her, whatever it takes for her to allow God to let her gift be displayed all over the earth because people need it. The word can be intimidating. It can be frustrating. If you don't, you know, know how to study. Before linking up with her, I didn't know how to study, and it was really overwhelming for me. 
But after um, being in this class and just being connected with her, I thank God that the word has come alive to me, and it is not overwhelming anymore. It is not intimidating, and I so look forward to learning um, more as much as I can about the word. So thank God for that. Uh, and on Thursdays, we will be starting back with our, every other Thursday, we will start back with our overcoming depression and anxiety and the things that attach itself to it. Anxiety and depression, as I know my other guest, Evangelist Natasha Scott, can tell us that um, it doesn't, they don't roll by themselves. They come with other attachments. Other things that uh, that come along to try to drag you down, take you out, and I'm telling you, it's nothing to play with. People love to downplay depression. They love to, you know, say that oh, you could just pray it away. And I'm sure she'll get into that those things. But it's not so easy sometimes. It can have a a, a strong hold on you that will almost take you out of here. So uh, we do want to provide ongoing. Uh, communication, update, support to those who are battling with depression. I'm so grateful for these women of God. We're going to let God orchestrate how we do this on tonight. Uh, Evangelist Dell will be speaking with us about sexual abuse, and I know one of the focuses will be childhood sexual abuse because we're talking about overcoming. And if you don't ever deal with something, you can't overcome it. You won't ever be who God created you to be because you haven't dealt with the things that have you bound. So we're going to uh, overcome some things tonight, the depression and those things that come with it, and sexual abuse because so many people think that they can't get over it. They can't function. They're stuck into what happened to them. We don't downplay it, but we have to be able to let it go, to give it to God and allow him to kill us and set us free. So at this time, I'm going to bring in Evangelist Dara Russell out of um, South Florida. I will let her tell you a little bit about her herself before we bring on our second guest. So at this time, woman of God, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Amen. Tell us a little bit about who. You are. Remind you're going to quit picking on me. Look, I see I'm going to have to nope. bogart my way up to your house again. Um, <laughs> Whatever yeah, it takes. Whatever it takes. I do do drive-bys on people's houses, especially when they say, girl, you don't want to come. Yes, I'm bringing my children, and we finna do a drive-by on your house again. I see it as much needed. Um, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> Praise God for who all blessings flow. My name is Evangelist Dara Russell, born Dara Boyd, and I um, I was raised by my grandparents, Lauren and um, Velma Russell, and absolutely um, ended up marrying a guy with the last name of Russell. So after that marriage ended, because my mother's maiden name was Russell, I kept it. Um, basically, um, I study and teach God's word. That is my passion. Now, I am a nurse by trade. I I am a clinical nurse, and I do have a uh, psych background history, um, critical care background history, and now I work for a pharmacy. Um, 
I am a product of um, sexual abuse, uh, childhood sexual abuse. And I guess the Lord said, listen, because you have uh, overcame and been uh, uh, delivered and, and picked yourself up and I, you know, I was healed through Christ, he gave me a child that um, was molested at uh, five years old. So it's kind of like it's me all over again, <clears throat> excuse me, but now with a little bit more experience, uh, so to speak. Now, you know, when I see the behavior, uh, when I hear the, the lying and the deceptiveness um, in this child, I see me because I was the same way, but nobody listened to me. So, therefore, I acted out. Um, I thank and praise God for this opportunity because, you know, I always teach people when they ask me to tell, you know, a little bit of my testimony. I always ask them, do you want it G, P, G, R, X, or triple X? Due to the fact I have been uh, from one end of the spectrum to the other, but by the grace of a holy God, um, I was able to be delivered um, because not only was I self-harming, hurt people hurt people. And what I mean by that is because I was hurting growing up as a child, um, I hurt people. Um, You know, I could never, um, you know, stay in a marriage because I was hurting and I really didn't know how to let anybody love me. So after this, um, last divorce, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what, it's time to take some time so that I can get to know you and that you can get to know me. So for the last um, seven years, I've, I've been single. I've been by myself, not dating, not waiting, uh, none of that. I've just been taking some time to let um the Lord get to know me and me get to know the Lord. He already knew me, but there needed to be some changes and some things going on in my life um, to where, you know, my full potential could be uh, started. And then I met the lovely uh, Ramonda Moore Brown who said, get on out there. It's time for you to come on out of, out of, out of hiding out of the uh, closet. Cause I'm, I'm a background type of female and I all, you know, I like being in the background. I like orchestrating things from behind the scenes. Uh, I'm the director, so to speak, in the movie, not the actor. <laughs> so um, that's a little bit about me. Um, did you want me to go ahead and start, Ramonda? Um, Can you hear me? Let me let her introduce herself and I'll come right back to you, okay? Yes, ma'am. Because I want, there's a dynamic here I want to reach. So I'll be right back with you. Good evening, woman of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in tonight and sharing. Uh, you two are just two powerhouses, almost too much power for one line. I need you to tell the people a little bit about Natasha Scott. Who are who are you, and a little bit about why you do what you do? Good evening. Can you hear me loud and clear? I'm talking to you in my car. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh Lord, see, she's a go getter, y'all. Get it done. I'm a go getter. I'm 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 trying to finish up this shopping and all of that, but this is of importance when you 
inbox me wow. and tell me what you had going on when you told me that there were some hurdles you were trying to reach. I absolutely knew that I had to be on this call without a shadow of a doubt. So wow. I am evangelist Natasha Scott. I I hail from out of Dothan, Alabama. It's in the southeast corner of Alabama, right at the Florida um, uh, state line. It's also at the Georgia state line. It takes me 10 minutes to get to Florida. It takes me another 10 minutes to get to Georgia, either way I wanted to go. Um, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm a street minister. I love to spread the gospel. Um, I love meeting people. I love sharing with people, and I love just loving on people, especially those that are hurting. Um, I'm a police officer. I'm retired. I am a police officer by trade, um, and, and this has totally been a, a life, 360 life change for me. Um, I was used to um, having authority. I was used to uh, walking in that authority, but I was walking in it in, in such a different way. Um, I got to work after uh, getting to work one morning. I was absolutely fine and good health, um, and everything was going good. I had a new home, new cars. I was able to take care of my family as a single parent. And I got to work one day and could not walk. I could not get out of the car at all. And I had this um, aha moment that this life was about to change forever. But instead of me embracing that there was a shift in the atmosphere of what God was trying to do in my life, instead of me just saying, you know, okay, God, I see that this, this is over for me right here. This job is over for me right now. I fell into a deep depression. Um, critically, it's called situational depression, and I stayed in that depression for three years. And my depression was deep to the point to where I couldn't leave the house. I miss doctor's appointments. I, I miss our society. I miss all of those things because I felt like if I left my home, the world could hurt me again. So now that I've been delivered and now that I'm an overcomer, now that I've been set free, it is my mission to tell as many people my story in order to help them get to the other side of depression. Hey man, that right there is a mouthful, and um, we are so glad. Did you say it was situational depression? Mine was situational. Um, you know, mm-hmm. mental illness mm-hmm. does run in my family. Um, I have mm-hmm. uncles, I have aunts that are schizophrenic and, and things like that. So it does run in my bloodline. But mm-hmm. according to the doctors, it was, uh, you know, based on what I was going through, and I didn't know mm-hmm. how to um, get past the fact that I was no longer the head of my household. I was no longer, you know, able to mm-hmm. provide for two young boys. I was no longer able to pay a mortgage and all of those things. And I just, I fell deep. I call it, and you know, I've talked to you before, and I love being on your mm-hmm. show. I called it Hell's Porch because I was ready yeah. to yourself, you went to hell. But I ask God every day, God, I'm ready to die. If you're ready for me to go, I'm going to sit right here. I'm going through hell anyways. I'm on hell's porch. If you Come open on. the door, mm-hmm. I'll go through. Mm-hmm. So I basically least, lived that way for about three years. Wow. 
Well, I'm telling you, I know you had to go through that situation to be able to do what you do, but we are so glad that situation did not last always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to flip back over, so if you need to do some moving or driving, we'll give you uh, some time to do that. See, I always love to let God lead. I don't know. Normally, I would just let her go straight in, and then you, but thank God he did it this way. So if you need to move around right now, we're going to let her come on in, and we'll come back to you in just a few minutes if that's okay. That'll be great. I'm on. I'm still All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. We'll be back with you in just a minute, woman of God. Okay, this is absolutely amazing. I'm excited. I'm taking notes. I'm getting nuggets for myself because how many know healing is a forever process? Just when yes. you think you you it's all figured out, you'll get you'll find there's another tender spot, and you can you can ping, you can chime in on that. You'll find that there's another little tender spot in your heart that you thought was all the way healed, but God got to go in there and, and do some more healing. So take, mm. it, uh, take it right there, uh, Evangelist Daryl. I know you can work that. Well, the thing is, uh, a lot of times uh, the scripture uh, is talking about when Jesus is asking uh, the man, do you want to be made whole? That's a question that we all got to ask ourselves because we've been walking around in sickness and in hurt for so many years and so many decades. I mean, that gets us noticed. That gets us um looked at that gets us pity that gets us all poor baby let's work on her y'all know she got that thing going on so now if you get healed then ain't nobody gonna look at you like that no more are you still gonna get the attention that you desire once you are healed because i see a lot of boy let me tell you i got over 700 maybe 800 people on my timeline and every day I scroll down my timeline and I just pray because some of these, a lot of these young ladies, they are out of control. And I see myself, but you know, it, it's a little bit more serious nowadays. A lot of them suffer from bipolar. A lot of them suffer from uh, paranoid, schizophrenic. A lot of them suffer from deep seated emotional scars and they're not being mm-hmm. dealt with. And y'all know a lot of mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. don't think that counseling helps. We were never taught um as a people so to speak um to go get counseling, to go get help. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry right. but you know what? God put the counselors there. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying counseling is the only way. Counseling in addition to um, some other things. So let me start here. Basically, the definition of sexual abuse, undesired sexual behavior by one or more people upon another, sometimes frequent or infrequent, any unwanted contact. Y'all remember them them uncles that used to come to the house and pat you on the butt and tell you, ooh, girl, you look so good. You starting to look just like your mama. Ooh, your thighs are filling out. That is unwanted sexual contact. Y'all remember them them messy cousins that used to come over and try to peek up under your skirt. Um, you know, you got brothers, you got um uncles, you got uh fathers that maybe touched you um in the wrong place or after they did touch you, you felt you didn't feel quite right. 
basically child sexual abuse or child molestation is a form of child abuse in which an adult or an older adolescent, because you have children now touching other children. Remember what I said earlier, hurt people hurt people because they don't know any other way, all right? Sometimes with penetration, sometimes it's not, okay? Sometimes just a touch or, you know, slide in the head uh, down the, the, the skirt. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, again, unwanted touching, patting, rubbing in places that should not be touched. And we're not just talking about women here. We're talking about men as well. There are a lot of men, because it's just, just because you don't hear about it happening in men, it happens with men too. And a lot of people, they go, oh, well, you know, you could have stopped that. You could have fought that off. Not so, especially if it was somebody uh, that you respected. And you really, you know, as a child, you really don't know how to say, hey, that's wrong. That's why I was so happy when they started that uh, good touch, bad touch in the school. I, I didn't get a chance to look up to see when that started, but I thought that was one of the most, um, awesome things, and now look at all these women coming um, out of the woodwork with the sexual abuse claims against all these men. If you think it's not real, it is real. Just because you didn't suffer it nine tenths out of ten, you know somebody that went through. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, Ramonda, is there is no um, place in the church sometimes, especially the black church, to talk about mm-hmm. uh, sexual abuse or, or child molestation. I don't know why that is, but it is. You know, when I was a mm-hmm. child at, at 12 years old, I went to somebody who I thought was supposed to protect me, and they did it. Not only did they not protect me, they did not believe what I said. They called me a liar and said I was trying to hurt them. They turned it around and made it about them when it was really about me. Mm-hmm, so, therefore, mm-hmm. I lived with that from the age of 12 all the way um, up until maybe 15 years ago when I really had to say, you know what, enough is enough. It was, it was not my fault. I lived mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, the guilt mm-hmm. and shame for 30 years. Just yes, guilty yes. all the time, ashamed, uh, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how did I let this happen? Well, I didn't let it happen. And that's one of the things that I had to um, tell myself. And like I said, you know, I did go get counseling. I went and got counseling. I had to. And then I went to to, to the Lord himself because mm-hmm. that was the only one who was going to make me see what I needed to see and then heal me from what I needed to be healed. But for some mm. years, I was hurting myself and the people around me because I really did not know how to how to act, how to talk to somebody to say, here's what happened, and it wasn't my fault. I needed to hear that from somebody, but I was never yeah. hearing that. I was always hearing, what was you wearing? What, what was you doing? How was you walking? 
Mm-hmm. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have had them mm-hmm. kind of short songs. Well, sweetie, I was 12. Mm-hmm. I had breasts at 12. I had a nice mm-hmm. butt at 12. You know, I was, I was cute doesn't mean that you can touch me. All right. Mm-hmm. So my thing yes. is, you know, a lot of things, the first thing you need to do is release ownership. I walked around with that thing for years. Thinking, well, you know what, you know, maybe she's right, um, the person that I told. I said, you know, maybe she's right. Maybe it was my fault. Maybe I I should, you know, wear, you know, some some heavier clothes. I shouldn't wear tight clothes. Uh, You know, maybe I shouldn't walk so sexy. You know what, maybe I shouldn't just think so highly of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then there goes the problem. My self-esteem was knocked all the way down almost to none, where I lashed out. And then that was the start of years of self-hurt. And then Mm -hmm. hurt of the people around me because, uh, uh, like the song say, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I didn't feel sometimes that I needed, I could be loved because of what had happened to me. But I did not realize at the time that, you know, there was a, 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 there is a God that sits high and looks low and knows what's going on inside of me and what's going on with my body, with my mind, that can heal me and then not only heal me, but restore me. And that's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that the churches will not touch, even with the men that have been uh touched by uncles, mm-hmm. by by relatives, by by, by older uh, women sometimes. Um, I talked to a uh, young man the other day who had been um, in a sexual relationship with older women since he was nine years old. You know, we don't think about stuff like that. We just go, oh, that stuff doesn't happen, you know, when really it does, and, and, and often more than – uh, not in our community, mm-hmm. but back then it was them fresh, frisky uncles. You know what I'm talking about, Ramondi girl. You know you can't mm-hmm. go around Uncle So and So. He's so fresh. Child, he always smacking somebody on their butt. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, them uncles. So the thing is, you know, you have to be able to release ownership and get rid of the guilt and the and the shame. You know, but the only way you're going to do that is, like I said, number one, I know a lot of people don't really believe in counseling, but I do because you have to have an outlet. Sometimes these pastors will yeah. look at you with the thing that you tell them that is the most secretive, and they don't know how to not pass judgment, and they're not fully equipped to deal with some things that people tell them. Uh-huh. Not all pastors, uh-huh. some. And and lo and behold, sometimes the secret things that you tell, you hear over the pulpit in a sermon. Uh-huh. Yeah. They don't call your name, but you know it's uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. And the thing is, that's supposed to be private because you're pouring your heart out to somebody that you feel that you respect, that knows God, that knows the word of God. But I'm going to just tell you right now, a lot of a lot of pastors are not equipped to handle the, some of the things that are coming through the doors. Remember, yeah. the church is a hospital for sick people. 
I mean, if everybody was well, why would they need Dr. Jesus? Why would they need mm-hmm. to go to the hospital to get help? Yeah. So, you know, you just got to, um, the main thing, uh, first, you have to acknowledge what happened to you. Okay? You have to say, I was a child whenever it did happen, or even if it happened as an adult. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. And then the second thing you need to do is get with. Now, you know, I know nowadays it's kind of hard to sometimes go to a brother and sister in Christ because you don't really know them. But I know, you know, we have trusted friends. We have trusted adults, you know, um, the child I have now, um, she was in foster care, and um, I got uh, custody of her brother, who is my my nephew, my brother's child. So when I took him, I took her as well because I did not want to leave her in foster care by herself. But what they didn't tell me was her background or anything about her or her history. So it wasn't until I brought her home and then brought her medical records home uh, with me that I saw this extensive site history and background mm-hmm. on this child at only seven. So not only does she see um, uh, a counselor for what happened to her, she also is in group therapy because a lot of times um, these children um, have a hard time um, being around their peers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She has a hard time, you know, with, like, relationships. Um, you know, she's still learning boundaries. Um, she's 10, but she's still learning, you know, boundaries, what's acceptable, uh, what's not acceptable. Um, she still doesn't really um, have a lot of friends. She still doesn't really, you know, hang out with a lot of children. You know, she's very, she likes to be um, by herself. But, you know, by the grace of the Holy God, you know, we're going to get through this. Um, One of the things that I was um, meditating on last night is um, self-hurt. A lot of times um, her mother, the child's mother, she cut herself. Um, Mental illness runs in that family. Well, these are things that I did not know um, about this child when I got her. So it was like, wow, you know, this is a lot to deal with, but look how awesome and wonderful God is. He put her with a nurse with a psychiatric background who has already been through the things that she is going through now. Um, She suffers from um, sometimes a very hyperactivity, um, um, uncontrollable outburst, anxiety sometimes, Um, you know, there's just a lot going on to where when I was uh, coming up, I didn't have that kind of problem. My problem was I could not focus. Um, I did not want to go to school because I didn't want people looking at me, so I skipped school a lot because I felt like they knew what had happened to me when in all actuality they didn't. But that's how you Mm -hmm. beat yourself up as a child growing up. Okay, so um, the main thing is um, about seven years ago, I um, 
started attending a Bible doctrine class. And it was like the 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 Holy Ghost himself came down and said, listen, the buck stopped here. I'm doing a new thing. And that's when I started uh, really studying God's word and really uh, getting into that thing and praying and, and fasting. I didn't know anything about that because I needed to be, I needed restoration, but I didn't know how to go about getting it. I needed to really forgive um, myself for the things that I had did to myself. I, I've apologized uh, numerous times to my children. I have, you know, three children. I've apologized numerous, numerous times to them for the things that they had to endure dealing with me growing up because I did not know how to, I had no self-control. So, you know, that was mm-hmm. one of the, the things that, you know, I had to start working on and I had to address a lot of the things that I was doing wrong. I had to stop blaming everybody else for the things that was going on in my life. A lot of stuff I caused on myself because of the, I was acting out because I really didn't have anybody that I could talk to or trust. You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, that was just one of the things um, that I had to to go with. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, people tried to befriend me. They tried to love me. I did not feel worthy of that love. And it wasn't until uh, maybe about 20 years ago I really started getting really good people in, in my life. It's funny how God works is, when he saw that I was finally starting to calm down in my mind and in myself, he started taking some of them friends that did not need to be in my life and removing them out of the way and putting friends in my life that needed to be there that was going to help me get to the next level. You know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. they, I needed those people, and at the time, you know, I didn't realize that those people were, you know, it was hurtful. It was hurtful when God started peeling away um, the things in my life that I had held so dear, people in my life that I had held so near and dear. And I'm talking about these relationships since I was a child, and I felt like I needed those those people in my life that the Lord was saying, no, now I'm going to restore it later, which he did. But at that time, mm-hmm. in that season, I needed to grow. Mm-hmm. And those people mm-hmm. were telling me what I wanted to hear, not necessarily what I needed to hear. So then God had to remove those people and then put people in my life that checked me when I need to be checked that covered me in prayer when I need to be covered in prayer. I didn't trust them enough really yet to tell them about what had happened to me and, you know, what I had been through uh, in my life. But, you know, as I've been, you know, doing testimony, you know, on air and different things, you know, now people are like, oh, my God, I never knew. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times when we see people acting out, there's so much more under the surface. Um. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We see somebody acting out And we can go Girl she a fool Or a child he crazy We don't realize uh-huh. that there's so much more Under the surface uh-huh. Uh-huh. And a uh-huh. lot of times People are trying to reach out yes. But because Absolutely. 
us, you know, in our community. Y'all know how we are. Oh, girl, ain't nothing wrong with him. You know, his mama was crazy, his daddy crazy, he crazy. Not necessarily. Due to the fact, you know, something could have happened, an unwanted sexual advance, an unwanted touch, anything Mm -hmm. along those lines. And we, you know, um, we don't know sometimes how to handle that. And I know that a lot of times pastors don't know how to deal with it. They just don't, they don't know how to address it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. We got, I want to, I want to, for some reason, right there, you mentioned um, acting out, underlying behaviors, the church, you know, not really sometimes knowing how to deal with it, and pastors. And I'm going to use that to segue right on in to the depression, and we're going to come right back to you, but I think that's the perfect place because they go hand in hand. They both, both of these mm, topics yes. together, they mm, go hand in yeah. hand. Take you back. Sure does. We're going to go right on over to Natasha and let her pick up right there because that was an absolutely amazing point you just made. We will be right back with you. Okay. My computer is doing something crazy. There we go. Okay, Natasha, you with me? I am. Can you hear me loud and clear? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. As I mentioned, she mentioned I, some things, and I'm like, that's a perfect place for you to go into. We've talked about the sexual abuse, behaviors, things that happen. Now, let's go into this depression. All right. The woman of God spoke. She spoke into my life. Um Mm-hmm. And she left us with the fact that pastors aren't equipped to um, handle mm-hmm. a lot of things that the people of today, this generation, are bringing to them. And that was clearly mm-hmm. uh, my struggle. I was a minister. Mm-hmm. I was going to church every Sunday. I was doing the will of God, but I was struggling in my body. I was struggling in my mind. So whenever mm-hmm. I decided that I was going to say something to my pastor, I was going to say something to the man of God, Basically, the man of God told me, how can you be an evangelist? How can you be a woman of God, a woman of faith, and you stand here and tell me that you are depressed? And that made me spiral even further deeper into depression because I'd gone to the church and I'd poured my soul out. I'd gone to the altar, not only told Jesus but told my pastor that I needed help because I didn't understand why I was sad for this long time. I didn't understand why I was crying every day, every night. I didn't understand why everything that somebody said to me offended me. I didn't understand why I felt like I was isolated from the world. So I stopped going to church. So with this depression, it it, it brought about a whole change in my whole total being. Most people that are that do suffer from depression, which is an elongated process of sadness from different situations you know um you know some people are in this season they're depressed because of loved ones not being there and i've I've ran into a lot of people right now in this season that are struggling because sisters brothers cousins mothers fathers have died in this season so depression tends to creep back in um you know people have been molested People have been, you know, have situational depression, and some people it's just a generational curse that has not been broken, and they struggle with depression, and a lot of people struggle with depression in silence. 
And because of the shame of depression, a lot of people are just functional. You, you never know. Men, in men it comes out as anger. It comes out as aggressiveness because they don't know how men, uh, most men never tell you that they're depressed. Women, we cry because we're emotional beings. And we don't know how to deal with it, but because a lot of us are single parents, a lot of us are, t- are caregivers to parents and, and, and loved ones like the woman of God now who is a, a parent of young children, we are functional depressants. And we live our lives in a state to where i got to keep going, but I'm not happy. So I was struggling with depression, and I did that for three long years, and I had a good friend to come to me, and she said, I need for you to read Mark 9 and 24. And Mark 9 and 24 was about the the man that brought his son to Jesus that was seizing back and forth. And he said, God, if you can heal my son, thankful. And God looked at him and said, if. And the man said, Lord, it's not my belief, but help my unbelief. And most people that struggle, and it took me a time to, it took me a little while to get that scripture in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, and to understand how it was ministering to me. Most people, most people that struggle with depression, they don't believe that God can do it for them because they've had so many struggles. They've had so many downfalls, so many failures. They, they've gone around in circles so many times to where, yes, they believe in God, but for some reason they've gotten to the point to where they feel like God has forgotten. So I began to, at some point, and it took a while, even after I said, God, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of living on the bottom whenever you told me I should be above. It still took me some time to reach out to people because if you're depressed, most depressed people will tell you they trust no one. They have no friends. They're good with sitting at home. They're good with sitting in their own little booth at the restaurant. They're good with you never calling their phone. They're good in their own little world because that is their comfort zone. However, we have to get to a point to where you can trust somebody. Whenever I I decided that I was going to go back to church, and I had to use multiple resources to be an overcomer. So, you know, some people say, oh, I got into the Word and I prayed, I fasted. I had to do all of it. I had to return back to church, to a church that had a covering that was able to see my circumstance, not only in the natural but in the spirit, and ask God to minister to them so that they could minister to me and help me to come out. But I also had to seek counseling. And when I first went to counseling, whenever I was first diagnosed with depression, my insurance would not pay for me to go to see a counselor. I had to and find somebody that I could talk to that was not biased, find somebody that did not know me, find somebody who could see my hurt and knew from a professional standpoint how to minister to me and how to heal what I was going through. Not only did I have to seek counseling, not only did I have to seek a minister, I had to find somebody that I could distrust, that I could call and just lay it all out on the line. They did not judge me, but they were there for me no matter 
what my situation was, no matter what my highs and lows were that day, they were there for me in order to help me come back to where I needed to be. So I had to get to a point to where I said, I have a problem. I had to check myself because I just felt like I'm sad from not having a job. I'm sad because I can't take care of my children. I felt like I was just stuck in that situation. But whenever I truly said I'm tired of this, I got a problem. I've been here for three years. Nothing has gotten any any different. I'm actually getting worse. I've picked up 100 pounds in less than eight months. Now I have hypertension. Now my asthma has gotten worse. Now I can barely walk. I'm, I don't bathe. My hygiene is a mess. I don't comb my hair. My family is having to wait on me head and toe. I don't even drive anymore, not even to doctor's appointments. And I was like, this is not the plan that God has for my life. I don't know how to get out of it, but, God, I need for you to help me. I need for you to help me. So I had to check myself. That was number one. I actually do have a problem. And then I had to go out and find the resources. Every resources I grabbed at everything that could help me. I didn't let anything pass me by because I was serious about my life. I was serious about living because I was dying. I was literally sitting on hell's porch. And I was serious about being exactly who God called me to be. I was serious about going into the destiny that I was born for, born to do. So I reached out to counselors, friends, family members. You know, I reached out to church, counselors, all of those things. And it took some time. It took some time, even for me to learn how to get rid of the negative energy. It took some time for me to even learn how to command my thoughts. I am good enough. I had to learn, I had to relearn who I am. I had to pour the word back into me. And if you follow my Facebook page, I do a declaration every single day. I had to do affirmations every single day, even when I didn't believe it. I had to do declarations even whenever I didn't think that I was worthy of those things. And I had to basically rebuild myself according to the plan of Jesus. And I had to walk in it. I had to own all of my mess. I had to own all failures, all past failures, and I had to forgive myself. I heard the woman of God say she had to forgive herself. I had to touch my body and say I forgive myself for being for picking up all of this weight. I forgive these ankles. I forgive this heart. I forgive this circulatory system because I didn't know. But now that I know better, I'm going to do better. And it took some time. It still took some time for me to get to where I am now, but it was a process. And I was willing to go through the process in order to make progress. Anybody that's going through depression, anybody that's going through depression, own it. Admit that you have a problem. And and seek everybody. Go to your priest, go to your minister, and if they can't help you, do not get discouraged because God has assigned somebody for your life for them to help you get your breakthrough. And a lot of times somebody says no and we get discouraged, but it is your life. God wants us to live and not die. So whatever you have to do, whoever you have to talk to, 
counselors, whatever you have to do in order to get on the right track. And once you line up with the word of God and once you make that step of faith, you have to move. You have to have that faith and you have to move on it. And when you move on it, God will line all of everything else up that is necessary. And I say that every day, it is necessary. I didn't understand that I had to make a move. Faith without works is dead. I didn't understand that for three years that I had to move. My healing was there. My overcoming was there. My breakthrough was there, but I had to make a move. And you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive your situation. You have to forgive the people. And you have to be bold enough to break generational curse. This curse will no longer live in my generation, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. You have to say that this, the buck stops right here in the mighty name of Jesus. And if I can help anybody, anybody, just speak a word. Some days I just needed a hug from somebody. Some days I just needed for somebody to allow me to vent. If I can be that person for anybody who is struggling in their faith, struggling with depression, struggling on the fence of shall I live or shall I die, call me, inbox me. Anything you need to do, call the woman of God that's on the other line. Call Ramonda and say, I need you. That it, this is why Ramonda made this call tonight, because there are some hurting people out here, and we as men and women of God are just passing by these people, not even asking God for discernment. We see them mm-hmm. struggling, and we pass right by them. So I thank you, woman of God, for this call. It is responsible. It is encouraging, and it is the will of God. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to bring you both on. We have uh, some people on the line. If you have anything that you would like to ask them, (coughs) have them discuss or whatever, then press star one on your telephone, and we will allow you this time. Um. Because we in we this is not a just a regular call. This is not just a regular podcast. We want you to leave here empowered with some tools to begin to work when your feet hit the floor in the morning. And before I call them men, I just want to say that it's not a I don't believe in coincidences. It's not a coincidence that these two subjects are here together because your host tonight has been impacted and almost taken out by both subjects by both issues by the sexual abuse and by the depression, almost taking me out time after time, as one of them mentioned, going through my motherly duties, even while I was taking care of my mother at her end of life. When I tell you, I was the strongest that I felt like I ever was spiritually when it came to accepting what was happening to her, accepting my responsibilities, pouring into her uh, making sure that her last days were absolutely the best days, raising my children. But when the night was over, sitting there literally having to tell myself, I will not take my life. I have to live. I, 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 so I was at my strongest and my weakest point all at the same time. And, and both of you all can chime in on that if you will or whatever. But being there, and as I told on the podcast I was on the other day, why I do what I do, 
is first of all, it would be absolutely amazing to help somebody to never, ever experience the pain that I felt. Number two, to help those who have because I understand how close I was to death, not just sometimes, not just a week, not just a month, unfortunately not even a year, but several, many, many years. And I thank God that I made it. It was only by his grace, but I realized it was for this assignment. So I say thank God to you ladies for giving us these nuggets. And I'm telling you, I'm putting these nuggets on Facebook. If you are in this place and this is your story, you take these nuggets and you, when your feet hit the floor, I don't care if I go to bed at 1.30 a.m. I'm up at, at least by 3.30 a.m. Not to be so holy, but there's some things I have to do before I can face my children. There's some things I have to do before I get a call from a young lady that says, I'm battling today and I want to take my life. I have to do some stuff in advance. I have a recording that I play to myself, and it, it's, a, it's an, a, a declaration that I make. And I don't even make, I'm not even there yet, Evangelist Natasha. I'm still making the same one every day. I, I don't even make it yeah. yet. I'm still stuck on that one that God had me to make on November 22nd, 27th, and I put it in my iPhone, and I have to play that for myself every day, determining that this is going to be a good day, determining who I am. Because no sooner than I say who I am, the enemy's coming in to try to make me think I am not. And then you add chronic illness on top of that. See, that's a recipe for the, a disaster, according to the enemy. But, see, that's a recipe yeah. for me to be a strong woman of God ready for battle. But you cannot be ready for battle if you don't prepare. So, like I said, when your feet hit the floor, there's some things you got to do. If you're ever going to overcome really anything, I'm bringing you both yeah. in on the line because I'm excited about this. And I'm telling you, you got to be ready to do the work. Evangelist, Darren has given us amazing tips. Evangelist, Natasha has as well. If you're on this line, now is your time. Press star one and the women of God will begin to, to help you. But I want y'all to chime in about doing the work. Uh, either one, you know, just go. What do you think about that, doing the work? Did you, you know, I know you both mentioned it. But, you know, it's not going to just go away. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care how much you love Jesus. It's not going to just go away. You got to do some work to correct something, mm-hmm. some mindset. That as I know Daryl mentioned, like me, it was over thirty years. That don't go away. Either mm-hmm. one of you chiming in on doing the work or you know, however you want to well, take it. Well the thing is the mm-hmm. thing is, um this is Daryl. The thing is, uh, um a lot of times uh Kurt Franklin said it in a song, a lot of times we're waiting on God, but then God is waiting on us. Um, cause we're sitting around, Ooh, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. But then listen, every time God ever, um, uh, helped somebody, they was working. They wasn't sitting around waiting on him. Okay. They were working. Um, one of the things I found that was helpful, start writing, keep a journal, write, write, write. Because there are a lot of things that people are embarrassed to talk about. But put those things down on paper. I know once I started journaling and over the years I went back and I read some of the things that I had written at, you know, 15 or so years. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, 
I didn't even know I was in that type of place, that type of mind space. And I see the growth, which gave me hope. Because I look to see where I came from and then where I'm at now. Because I used to be I wouldn't talk about it, not with anybody. I didn't tell, you know, a soul because I was hurt. I was embarrassed. Um, and I felt guilty. I felt like it was my fault. And so, you know, I carried that around a long, long time that, you know, one thing you want to do, like you were saying, let them talk. If somebody comes to you with this, let them talk. Listen to them. Don't judge for them and pray with them. Just be a sounding board. Just listen. Because sometimes people just need to to get it off of them. Exactly. Um, encourage them to um to write to journal a lot now. You know, if you see self-hurting, uh, cutting, um, things like that, that's time to take it to the, the next level. You can't take that mm-hmm. kind of th- stuff on. You have to know when to say when and call and get this person some help. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, Sister mm-hmm. Natasha said, you know, you we ain't doctors. We can't take everything uh, like this on. We cannot. And like I said, there's a lot of people walking in these churches uh, fresh off the stripper pole, fresh off the heroin needle, uh, fresh off a a rape. And, you know, a lot of times we don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't have to say nothing because, you know, um, a lot of times people in church, they gossip. You let somebody tell you something and you call sister so-and-so and say, girl, let me tell you, I knew there was something up with her. And that's how a lot of mm-hmm. people end up spiraling into their their situation is because of church yep. hurt. They came yep. to the church mm-hmm. to get a healing. They came to the church to get a breakthrough, mm-hmm. to get a problem, mm-hmm. to get uh, to get forgiveness. And then when they get there, we're just as bad as the people in the world. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. I used to have a friend tell me what I need to go to church for. I can get the same thing in the club that I can get in in the church: drinking, drugs, yeah. uh, uh, fornication, adultery, uh, dancing. Anything I can do in the world, I can do in the church. So why do I need to go to church? That's right. It's sad, but unfortunately, in many cases, that is mm-hmm. true. Yeah. God. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And Ladies, for this us is to absolutely be, powerful. My God, my God. Mm. There's a lot of wait, people, wait. Ramonda, that is so sad that are out there mm-hmm. dealing with this. A lot of not just women, men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, yeah. what big burly, what big burly brother you know gonna tell that somebody touched him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An unwanted mm-hmm. touch. That's embarrassing. And you know men are already built different. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You're right. And that's so important that somebody and I'm and I think ladies, everybody on this line and 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 you may say, Well, I'm a I'm at a mess in my life or who am I? But you are the one. Let's begin to pray. 
for a man or some men to step up and begin to do what we're doing. And then other men will feel more, you know, uh, comfortable coming forth. I think that's something that we can pray for. Lord God, help, you know, help somebody to be able to to withstand and begin to talk about it because we want them to be overcoming. Because you know, this stuff comes out in, in, in physical abuse with men, drug abuse mm-hmm. with men, depression mm-hmm. with men, um, all kind of stuff. And we're wondering what's wrong with the man, all stemming from uh, sexual abuse. And then we got the down low brother and all of that mm-hmm. stuff because that sexual confusion, I'm going to tell you this one right here. Uh, there nine times out of ten, you're gonna be promiscuous in period when this happens to you. Yes. Now absolutely. you can be promiscuous with men, or you can be uncomfortable with men, or hate men, or despise men if it happens from a man, and then you'll be with promiscuous with women, or you can do both. And, you'll, and a lot of girls right now, these girls are walking around thinking that they're supposed to be a man, walking like a man, talking like a man, just like a man. Because of something that happened to them when they were younger. And these things stem from the majority, I mean, more times than not, some type of inappropriate sexual activity. Promiscuity seems to follow that hand in hand because we teach our kids what is good, right? So guess what? When we, when somebody teaching them about sexual act, they think that's what they're supposed to do, and they're gonna mimic it. Mm-hmm. How many of us? How many of us? And then we look for these feelings that, for five minutes, make us feel good. You know, I'm wrong. I don't care. And then for days or hours, makes us feel like trash, dirty trash. I don't know if anybody else can identify, but certainly I can. And we're not talking about this in church. So our little girls, come off the pole, go to the prayer line, and go right back to the pole. Yeah. Go right back to the man. Because we are putting on, and ain't nothing wrong with your makeup, your weave, and your photo shoot. But we need to stop deceiving people with the makeup, the weave, and the photo shoot. There is a story behind that picture. That's why sometimes when I do my Facebook lives, I don't put on any makeup. I don't dress up because they need to know there's a real person underneath that stuff with real issues, and it's not going to always be pretty and perfect. Somebody else, go ahead. That's right. That's right. Ladies, we've been on, and don't get me wrong, I can go, but I know we, people have things to do. Well, uh, Natasha, go ahead and give me uh, 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 some just something from your heart to the women, to the people that are listening from heart to heart. And then after her, and after that, can you please tell the people how to get in touch with you on social media? Then Daryl, I need you to do the same, um, and we'll try to wrap it up. And I know we're gonna have to get y'all on again because this is not over. This is not over. Jesus. All right. Um, there's mm-hmm. been some great things said on, on this call tonight. There mm-hmm, has been mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. great nuggets from everybody on this on this work tonight, on this call tonight. But what I will say is, and for lack of better words, in order for us 
to be delivered. We have to go butt naked before God. Mm-hmm. Just like the woman just said, we have to, and, and I love makeup. I love weave. I mm-hmm. love all mm-hmm. those things to enhance my beauty because I am beautiful. I had to relearn those things. However, whenever we are seeking God's face to come out of dark pits and dark places, dark corners, dark porches, we have to surrender totally and fully and say, Lord, I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own power. I cannot do it, but I give it all to you. I heard the woman of God say, we have to release those things. And we have to say, Lord, I've tried over and over again, but I know if it's by your will, it'll be done. And we have to go before God and ask him. Ask. He wants us to ask. The Bible, the scripture says, ask, knock, seek. When we don't do those things, how can we expect for God to do a mighty work in our lives whenever we don't ask? We're not knocking. We're not mm-hmm. seeking. But we mm-hmm. have to go mm-hmm. before God and create in me a clean heart. We have to go before yes. God. He's, he's going, we have to go to him. He's already gone before us to make every crooked way straight. But we have to move. Let our next step be our best step. Don't just be moving here for and you're busy. Let your next step be your best step. And you can only have a best step whenever you go before him and say, God, you told me if it's your will, it should be done. You told me that I have to go by the steps that are ordered by you. Mm-hmm. Even with the instructions from Naomi, she couldn't have gotten her because she was not able to follow instructions. There are instructions that God wants us, but we have to first say, God, I surrender all. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to contact me, I am Natasha Scott on Facebook. You can inbox me. I'll talk with you in the inbox, or we can exchange numbers. I'm up. Don't wake me up and sometimes just say one word. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. of the night. Like Much hurt 
going on in and out of the church. My former pastor, he always said, uh, baby, ain't no such thing as church hurt because Christ is the church. You was hurt by somebody in the church. And that's sometimes what causes people, like um, Sister Natasha said, Evangelist said, never wanted to go, you know, not go back to church. And I had somebody hurt my feelings in the church, and I stayed gone about about a year. But the Holy Ghost said, you know what, pick yourself up, get over yourself, and go back in there and get ready for the work that I have for you. So some um, little nuggets I want to give is, first of all, you know, forgive yourself. Because there has to be some, some healing, and, you know, you can't just keep walking around with it. Secondly, forgive the person or persons that did what they did. You know, you, I don't know why what happened happened, but I'm able now to, to use it and help somebody else, okay? Um, seek help. I know that we think as a people, you know, oh, I'm too embarrassed to go to counseling. I, I don't want nobody to find out that I'm trying to get help. Yes. Seek help because I'm telling you a lot of times the church is not equipped to handle some of the things that the people are carrying in. The fourth thing, seek God because you want to be restored, okay? The biblical meaning of the word restoration is to receive back more than has been lost to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. Basically, the main point is that someone or something is, a, is improved beyond measure. So unlike the regular dictionary meaning of restoration, uh, which is to return uh, basically something back to its original condition, the biblical definition of the word has greater connotations, basically that go above and beyond the typical everyday usage. So repeatedly throughout the Bible, God blesses people for their faith, and hardships by making up for their losses and giving them more than they previous had, previously had before. I always say he gives you double for your trouble, all right? So the thing I mm-hmm. want you guys to remember is tonight, talk about it. If you can't talk about it, write about it. A lot of people have a hard time reading and understanding Scripture. That's why there's Bible studies. That's why there's Bible doctrine class. Get you a brother or a sister in Christ whom you can t- trust. Pray about it. Pray a lot. Not just, you know, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Draw your cross. No. Stay on your knees. Stay on your face. Cry out to a holy God. Believe me, he hears you. But back to the scripture. Do you want to be made whole? Are you tired of hurting? Are are you tired of you? So, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to leave you um, with that tonight because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we just had to go through some things and we don't know why. And believe you me, God is not going to bring you out of something and you don't have no responsibility because your job is to go back and help somebody else. Tell me you got through it. Tell me how you got through it. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, just been tapping like a mad woman. You all have done some amazing things. Tell people how they can get in touch with you, ma'am. Mm, um, I'm on Facebook. Let's see. I'm on Facebook, Evangelist Dara Russell. Uh, I'm also on um, Instagram, uh, Miss Dara sixty six. Uh, you can inbox me um, anytime. I'm usually in bed by now. Y'all good? <laughs> but I stayed up tonight just for my friends. Mm. Yeah. Uh. I'm I'm so grateful. I'm grateful. I thank you both. Thank you both for coming on. And I'm telling you, I had some other things planned. And the Spirit of the Lord said we don't want this season to end without addressing this. Okay, because regardless of why what happened to us, this mm-hmm. year, this time of year can intensify whatever we go through normally. So we want to be able to be a light. We want to shed some light on the dark subject. We want to give some tools because, you know, we could talk all day, but if you give somebody some tools to work with, they can dig themselves out of a hole. They can dig turn. They can get the strength to reach up and flick on the light. They can begin to do some things. But if you don't have any tools, you're just going to continue to sit there and things won't ever get better. Thank you, ladies, for giving some tools tonight, sharing your personal testimonies, being open and transparent to the people of God. I speak life over both of you and the ministries that God has placed at your hand. And again, Dara, I am there to be that nagging voice on your shoulder mm-hmm. to prepare you for what is to come, which is yeah. your face on the video and mm. the television. It is what it is. You know me. I'm the baby of the yeah. land. I can endure. No don't mean no to me. No mean just wait a little yeah, bit and ask again. <laughs> but that's what I'm here for. And that's what God has us connected to certain people for, to to help one another. He pushed me with the word. And I pushed her with getting out there and doing that ministry that's just been sitting inside of you. It's more than just the learning the word. She has a passion to learn the word, but there's also a passion to teach the word. And in order to do that, she's going to have to be seen. And that's why God will use you, and you will go far, and you will do great things because you're not looking for that spotlight. Matter of fact, you're running from it. But he will do what he, I know that he's going to do, and that you have something inside of you that people need to see, people need to hear, people need to know, so that they too can become on fire for the word of God, healing and deliverance and freedom. Same thing for you, woman of God. And Pastor Scott, I just don't even, Lord, I, I just want to sit back and watch and see how God continues to catapult you forward with the ministry that he has placed at your hands, my God, my God, you've gone through what you've gone through for a reason. And guess what? I have to kind of trick myself and say, because pity wants to come in when you've gone through these things. Pity wants to be there, but I had to remind myself, and then you think on all these, these thoughts that are not what God says about you. But I have to say, and then we have these things, these people in church, I call the I never saints, 
They so busy telling you what they never done. You mentioned suicide or depression, and they act like, oh, my Lord. They act like you're trying to crucify Jesus again. But, no, you never. And I hate to say it, but sometimes I have to remind myself, they never, because God knew they couldn't go through it. God knew that they couldn't take what we've taken to get where we're at. So, baby, instead of thinking that you're being punished, that God has just um, has not favored you because of all that you're going, he has favored you because he knew you can. Hallelujah. Those of us with multiple kids, we know the kid that we can put a little on, and we know that kid that we're going to have to stay on and let them know what's inside of them because they can do more. It doesn't make one more better than the other. We just know how to deal with them differently. Our Heavenly Father is no different. We've gone through these things that have caused many people to take their lives, to lose their minds, to never come into church, to never want to help anybody else. But he knew that Ramonda and Dara and Natasha could take it and allow him, even after all our mistakes, mm-hmm. after all our wallowing, whatever we did, that we came to ourselves one day. Oh, God, y'all. Oh, my God. We came to yeah, ourselves yeah. one day. And realize that, guess what? It's not about us. We all had to come to that yeah. conclusion one day. It's not about us. Yeah. And, I, and you get to that sick and tired. God, if you hear me, I'll do whatever. I talk about it. I ain't going to be saved. But I can't take this pain no more. Now, if it's just me, let me know. But that's what I had to get. And yeah. now, I'm a relentless. And I say fool because I'm a fool for Christ. I don't care who don't like it. Facebook has this thing called unfriend, and if it's that bad for you because mine can be seen all over, you're going to have to block me because, baby, it didn't kill me, so that means i got to do something to help save somebody else's life. Right. Yeah, yeah. Come and on, preacher. Come on. That's how serious it is for me. Even my children can tell you there are days when I get call after call after call, people wanting to yeah. take their life, so I have to stop and sit down. And I thank God for the family that I have. They know to keep going. They know to go on. They know that this is serious business. But this is ministry. I rarely get yeah. up in the church. And this is what I want to tell y'all, ministers. I rarely get up. If my ministers, if my leaders don't tell me it's my time to preach, I ain't getting up to preach. But I minister right here from my bedroom. I minister. It's not about what you're mm-hmm. doing in the church. What are you doing at home? What are you doing on your on your bed of affliction? What are you doing? My greatest ministry is on the bed of affliction, stricken with pain. So what? You still can open your mouth. You still can encourage somebody. You can bless somebody. Sometimes my mind be going crazy. My body be going crazy. I will go down my friends list and God point me to somebody to encourage. And guess what? It's a trick to that. My mind, I've forgotten about my pain. When you when you invest in helping others, you don't have time to worry about what you're going through. See, that's a little secret to that. Yeah. I don't know who that was for. I thank God yeah. for you, women of God. I'm going to let y'all go. But I'm telling you, this thing is deep, and I'm going at it with a vengeance. We will be back. Look forward to seeing me, to seeing other women of God. we got some more coming. We declare, the Lord told me, that no more broken pieces was to bring hope, help, and healing to women around the globe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got to have that healing. We got to have that yeah. hope. But guess what? We got to offer them help first. That's right. With that being said, Father, we thank you. 
We thank you for this night. We thank you for every word that's been said. No demon, yes. no imp can pluck this word out of the airways. It shall go forth on iTunes. It shall go forth on Black Talk Radio. It shall go forth on Instagram. It shall go forth on uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook. There's nothing you can do that will stop what's taking place here tonight. And I declare and decree everyone that's listening tonight, you have at least one tool that you can work. Don't worry about everything. Get your one tool and work it. Then you pick up another one and you work it. And you will begin to see your life change forever. And there's nothing the devil in hell can do about it. Even if it's on the archive five years from now, that they run across this podcast, it will be as effective as it was on December 23rd, 2017. Hope, help, and healing for women around the globe. I cover you, women of God. I speak wholeness, healing, and prosperity because there's some missions inside of you that's going to take some finances. So we speak finances over your life. You won't have to worry about how you're going to pay your rent because all your money ain't going to be spent. That's all that's in my spirit, yes. y'all. Jesus can work it out. I love you. I thank you. Be encouraged, but most of all, allow the God of all creation, who just happens to be your father, to make you whole. God bless you. I love you. Amen. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus. This song don't want to play. It don't have to. And it is so. Good night, lady. Amen. I love you both. Good night. Good night. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Good night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, Listen, yes. Evangelist Natasha, I'm sending you a friend request, dear. All right. I love it. Connect. Godly connection. Thank God. Good night, ladies. Love you, love you, love you, love Good you. Good night. Love you.